Radio. Restore Gifts, a Restore Night Talk by Bridget Spinks. Um, hi everybody. I just want to um, thank the Culture Project for the opportunity to speak to you tonight. It's really a very great privilege for me to be able to speak to all of you. Um, and I just praise God for that opportunity and I pray that um, he really speaks to your hearts tonight. And if you're inspired to do anything, that's great. That's from the Lord. Um, and if after the talk you want to speak to me one-on-one about anything, please feel free to do that. Um, or after the talk as well. So tonight I'm going to be talking about your gifts and how these are connected to your vocation. A lot of us who are in our 20s and waiting or dating to meet the right person and marry or are praying about whether we should pursue religious life or the priesthood are in a very special and unique time of our lives. We have the potential to set the world on fire in our very singleness. Accepting this state of life in this time of dating or waiting, praying and discerning, means that we can be put to use. God can use us as a single vessel to build up the kingdom and accomplish his work of love in the lives of those around us. The core of what I would like to share with you tonight is that our giftedness reflects our vocation and we have the opportunity, if we are single, to use our gifts, whether they be gifts usually relevant to marriage, priesthood or consecrated life, for the building up of the kingdom of God regardless of how our future unfolds. I can say this because I spent all of my 20s as a single lady. I also spent my early 30s as a single lady. Um, my boyfriend Matthew is here tonight, and um, that that means that I'm sort of I'm still a single lady, but um, but uh, yeah, I've met Matthew, so I really thank God for that. He's a real gift to me. So, um, yes, yeah, so as I was saying, I spent all of my twenties as a single lady, um, and so what does that mean? Does that mean that I didn't have my vocation then, or not? Um, No, it means that with all the gifts that I was given by the Lord, I could use them and put them to good use to build up the church. And these gifts are part of our vocation and all of that history and experience is something that I can bring to my marriage and to the future that the Lord has for me. So we can make concrete acts of service right now, uh, wherever we are in the world, and these can form part of who we are and what we can continue to offer the world. So when I was in my 20s, there was a lot of pressure that I felt to get married and it just didn't happen. I thought I would have been married by the time I was 27, but that didn't happen either. I saw a lot of my friends find love and marriage and begin to have children, but that wasn't what I was living. Of course, we compare and we look at what others have and we realize what we have not. But this is a negatively geared way of looking at the world. The right way is to look at what we do have to look at what positively exists in our lives. Um, So we can go back to some mathematics from school. Um, I'm just writing on the board. Minus 3, minus 2, minus 1, 0. 1, 2, 3. Does anyone remember these 
this scenario. Um, okay, so when um, we're wondering where our vocation is, we can focus on what we don't have. So we don't have a boyfriend or we don't know what God's telling us. We can be confused. This person has that. Like all our lives start to unfold at their own pace. Um, and it's very easy to focus on what we don't have. But all of this stuff doesn't actually exist. So when I realized that, um, that I can focus on what I actually do have, I can actually start to live in reality and work with what God has given me. So for me, what I had, while I didn't have marriage and children, what I had was a journalism degree, a portfolio of published work, a documentary, and somewhat of a career. I had a career. By the time I was 30, God had given me the career that I wanted. This is what I had. This was all a gift because so many of the jobs um, came because I was asked to do them. So the question is, what does God want me to do with this? Well, he wants us to use all of those experiences for the world and for others. So that's why I'm here tonight, to share a little of what I've learnt, perhaps inspire you to recognise what you have and that you have something to offer the world, even now as a single person, because you're still a whole person. How does all that sound? Is everyone following? Yep. Okay, great. Um, So I'll keep going. So that's the first thing. You're a whole person. But God has made us needy. So that means that um, we need others. And that's sometimes where I think the confusion and the distress comes in um, when you don't have the whole picture as yet. Um, but I learned, I've learned from the philosophy of the human person of John Paul II that we are actually self-fulfilling, self-realizing and self-determining. When I learned this, this was a really powerful breakthrough and I realized that um, I, could, I could be myself fully and I didn't necessarily need someone else to, to give me that um, confidence. So this means that we can actually do things for ourselves to be fulfilled, to fulfill our potential and make something of ourselves. And we can determine this by ourselves through our intentional action. In this way, we choose who we become by our intentional actions and prepare ourselves for the future that God has for us. So in our neediness, we can focus on what we need, like we need to feel loved, we need to feel good, we need to be fed or to have nice things. Or we can focus on what we have and what we can give to others. We actually already have what we need. We just maybe aren't thankful. When we become grateful for what we have, we can give to others the very things that we thought we needed. Love, food, nice things, etc. Because all these things come from God anyway, including our very life. It is up to us what we do with it. Because we have been made whole persons, fully rational and fully volitional, we can recognise what we have to offer and offer it. Rational means that we can make meaning out of life. We can recognise what is good or what is bad. Volitional means we can make a choice. We can choose what is good or bad for us. This means that we can choose to give ourselves to others at the service of love. This is at the heart of our vocation, our ultimate vocation, marriage or priesthood or religious life, which is the gift of ourselves for others through love. In our ultimate vocation, we can make a gift of ourselves. From Genesis, we know that God made us male and female. 
So the whole picture of the human person is seen in the complementarity of male and female. But as we are, male or female, we can make a gift of ourselves one to the other. The choice to do this is also a gift and it's a responsibility. Just drawing a triangle with at one point self, at another point God and another point others. So on the way to our vocation, whether that be marriage or priesthood, we're in preparation time. We're preparing to give ourselves our life to God and the church or to the other for God and the church. So we can either go directly to God or to others to get to God. But ultimately, it's all for the Lord. Um, So what do we have to help us prepare for that? We have the gifts and talents that God has given us. We have responsibility to those gifts. What are we going to do with them? Are we going to keep them to ourselves or share them with the world? So um, we'll just get into this a little bit more. So there are three things. We have our unique gifts, which have to do with our personality, our personality, our natural talents, and then there are also spiritual gifts called charisms, which we receive at baptism or confirmation. And then um, thirdly, there's ourselves as a gift which is either we're either male or female. So can you see how there's like um, a progression or there's like a, a development or, you know, they're all together, it's all the human person. Um, the, the human person is so complex, it's very hard to, to get it all, to say everything today, but... Um, I suppose what I'm just trying to do is help you to see a few different, to see the prism of the human person through through different glass lenses. Um, so when you think about yourself, you'll find that you're probably good at quite a few things. Perhaps these talents might include like putting things together and making things or playing a musical instrument or teaching, listening to small children, spending time with those who are working through anxiety or depressive thinking, Maybe it's sharing beauty tips or maybe it's showing someone how to enjoy your hobbies. All of these things are life-giving. The list is endless. Um, Perhaps we can think up a few talents that we have together. What talents do you identify in yourselves or others? Can I see a show of hands? Yeah, Ezra? An artistic talent, yeah. So like drawing or painting, yeah. What else? Cheryl, I know you're good at dancing. (laughs) That's a natural talent. So when we actually share these things, we bring life to others. So who else? Yeah. Yes. Yes, some people do. They're very good at planning. I'm not very good at planning. I tend to free flow, but I really need a good planner. So that's fantastic. That's a, anything else? Who was good at maths in high school? That's a gift. Yep, Ezra, you. Very gifted over there. Um, All right, so 
let's take our talents or things that we're naturally good at to the supernatural level. Okay, so I came across the Called and Gifted workshop by Sherry Waddell, which gave me a lot of insights into what it means to be called and gifted, particularly in the church today. Basically, as Sherry has framed this, there's a challenge posed by the Second Vatican Council and John Paul II, which is to see ourselves in a new light, to see the church in a new light, and to see the world in a new light. Instead of seeing that only Christ has redeemed me, we need to see that to be true, but also that Christ has redeemed the world. Where our only task was to be a disciple, it now involves being an apostle as well. Where our concern used to be, am I worthy of receiving Christ? Have I been to confession before the Eucharist? It is still this, but it is also, how can I bring Christ to others? Where our focus used to be on our personal perfection, it is on this, but it is also on the needs and gifts of others. So this could be a mental shift for some of you. So a few of these mental shifts I'm encouraging you to make is, number one, I have gifts within my reach, which will proceed or be part of that overall vocation that God has in store for us. Second thing is, while I'm single, I can do things that will make me happy, self-fulfilled, and will help me to become who I am and determine who I become. And thirdly, with this in mind, I need to look at what I've been given to work with. What kind of clay am I? And fourthly, what is God asking me to do in the meantime while I prepare for my vocation, for married life or religious life or the priesthood? How can I bring Christ to others and others to Christ? How can I simply live well and share goodness with others? The takeaway point is this. God is asking you to use these gifts and talents that he's already given you to bring goodness into the world. That way you can become the man or woman God is calling you to be in order to attract your complementary other into your life or to develop yourself in such a way that you will have more of who you are to bring to the ministry of the church. So what are these gifts and why are we talking about them? Because they underpin your vocation. God wants to work with you right now with what you have. So after this, you're going to have to get busy, get praying, and get doing. Through doing and through positive action, you can do great things. So Sherry Waddell talks about the mission of the lay, lay apostle, which is to help others encounter the risen Christ and become disciples and members of his church, to help transform the structures of the world so that they support and foster all that is truly human and just, and reflect God's loving purposes. The qualities of a lay apostle are, um, it's an acrostic, discernment, intellectual or doctrinal formation, a strong spiritual life, creativity, initiative, people skills, leadership, and evangelizing. So many of you can probably tick Yes to all of that, and that's great. Perhaps all of you can, and that's also great. So if we are single or married, effectively we are members of the laity. And being a lay person brings a responsibility with it. God has given us so much to build up the church as a lay person. Um, if you're not Catholic or Christian, you're here, and you're here, it, you can build up the church by doing what is good, true, and beautiful. <clears throat> so let our gifts be used towards that end. 
So this next bit of formation is all from Sherry Waddell, whose notes I read on the called and gifted workshop. St. John Paul II described the Holy Spirit in Dominus et Vivificantem, the encyclical, the Holy Spirit as God as gift, God giving himself as gift. And that we know the Holy Spirit teaches, sanctifies and governs the church. We receive the Holy Spirit at our baptism and confirmation. These sacraments give us sanctifying grace, that which remaining in the soul makes it holy and pleasing to God. A charism or supernatural gift is something that is to bear fruit for the kingdom of God and it only has one purpose, to serve as a channel for the love and purposes of God. The charism or mix of charisms we received then are permanent so they can be developed and they're always focused outward toward other people, the rest of the church and the world. As Sherry says, in the life of a Christian, natural talents and charisms work together. When you exercise a charism, you'll likely feel like you are in your element when you are doing for others and for God something that comes naturally. So you'll feel like you're on fire and the work that you're doing is easy and it will give you satisfaction too and a sense of fulfillment. Uh, okay, so back to the nature of the human person. We are self-fulfilling, self-realizing and self-determining. This kind of work using our charisms for others that we do will be fulfilling when we choose to do it. We'll be determining who and what we become. And as we do this, we will be becoming ourselves. So there's really no need for confusion. You just work with what you have and let God guide you forward with that. Sherry says that we don't know how many charisms there are, but here are some to consider. So we're not really limiting the Lord in that way. But here are some to consider. Pastoral gifts. So that means you may be an encourager or good at hospitality or helpful. Or you may have a gift for communication. So that may mean you are good at teaching or evangelizing. Or you could have an organizational charism. So you're quite good at administration or at leadership or service or logistics. Or you could have a lifestyle charism and a freedom for a particular ministry. So you may be at peace with voluntary poverty or being a missionary. Other charisms could be of understanding. So you've got wisdom or knowledge when it comes to understanding the ways of God and humanity for those around you. Or there are charisms of healing. So maybe you speak words which really console and soothe others in their time of suffering. Or you're good at praying for others. Or you may be particularly gifted creatively, like Ezra said. For example, when it comes to music or writing, you can put something beautiful to words which speaks to many about the human experience. So all of these are gifts that we did not earn. They were freely given. So we can make the most of them by giving them away. Life will bring life. It is also a way to practice at being open to life, letting your gifts, talents or charisms be expressed through you or receiving and working with the gifts of others. So with these gifts, we can be grateful and humble with them. We have them. Let's recognize what they are and use them. Sherry says that there are five things to do now. Firstly, explore the charisms and have a think about which ones you might have. I can share the booklet with you later if you like. Number two, experiment with the charisms. 
See what you have and what you don't have. This will make it easy to delegate tasks to others when you're doing project work for the Lord. You do what works for you easily and you let others shine in the gifts that they have. We need all gifts and everyone to bring about the kingdom of God. Thirdly, think about your past experiences. When you were using a charism, you'll feel amazing. So when did you last feel amazing when you were doing something? And fourthly, see where you are effective. Using your gifts will bear fruit. See where you are fruitful. And fifthly, this is my favourite part, you can expect confirmation from others. Who likes affirmation and positive feedback? We all do. Others will recognise your gifts and tell you this. They'll say, you're good at this or you're good at that. Really listen out for that. Uh, Okay, so we've talked about Gifts and talents which come naturally, charisms which come supernaturally through baptism and confirmation, and this last point, which is really a teaser, is about our sexuality, which we are born with, which is the original one of the original gifts from God. So we've been created male or female in the image and likeness of God. This is the first gift we've been given. We are either the gift of woman or the gift of man to the world or more exclusively, that special someone if we are called to marriage. In marriage, we can be a gift to each other to express love and participate in God's creative and generative process, but then it's also sharing all these gifts and talents and charisms as well. In the priesthood, man gives himself to serve the church, his bride, in being the Christ-bearer to the people. So while we are yet to give ourselves totally in our ultimate vocation, let's claim what we have and work with that, and then trust the process. God will speak to our heart along the way and gradually nudge our heart towards our vocation. But in the meantime, we have work to do to build up the kingdom of God. This is a lifelong mission, but it starts when we are single and continues on in a different form when we realise and respond to our vocation. Our work then, and this is what gives us dignity, while we're waiting, is to offer our gifts and talents to the world and others and live out our charisms and in so doing to love others and do that sacrificial thing of denying ourselves in favour of the good of the others, which brings us great hope, joy and fulfilment. All this is good practice for what God has to come. Thank you very much. That was Bridget Spinks with Restore Gifts. The Restore Nights are an event hosted by the Culture Project Australia at the Commercial Hotel in Parramatta. For more from the Culture Project Australia and for more talks, interviews and shows, visit cradio.org.au.